0: hello and thank you for tuning in to the attack and release show my name is matt and i am joined by my good friend from nashville sam moses Hi. on today's episode we're going to be talking about entitlement and why you are entitled to nothing Nothing. uh even this episode you're lucky that you have this episode. You should be great. It's the least humble thing I've ever said. <laughs> <laughs> you want to get into it, Sam? Let's do it. Perfect. So, entitlement. The definition of entitled is believing oneself to be inherently deserving of privileges or
1: special treatment. Yes. Sam, Matt. what do you think about entitlement? So, entitlement is... A disease. (laughs) It can totally ruin your life and career and basically rob you of all your joy, I feel like, in life. And it's kind of an interesting concept or idea because to me, entitlement is heavily surrounded by this idea of anchors, which anchors to me, I've written about in my blog before. But mm-hmm. essentially an anchor is something that you've created or the lens in which you view the world through. And we get these anchors pretty much from the day we're born and how we're raised. So mm-hmm. I, re- I was raised in Illinois uh, in a very middle-class town. And so that has very much shaped the way I view the world, what I can do, should do, would do, can't do. Um, and I didn't realize how much, um, how many anchors I had in my life until the last probably five to 10 years where I started to realize that, um, that you can change. You have the ability to change things in your life and to move those anchors and, Basically these anchors for me and what I've noticed when I was starting out like in my musical journey here uh basically I had an anchor when I started a quick example of like how much I should get paid and what I was entitled to get paid so mm. when I started I thought making like $12 an hour would be a lot of money 10 years ago when I was 20 years old and I thought if I could just get like 12 bucks an hour, I'd be like living large essentially. And quickly I realized that making $12 an hour isn't really enough to uh, live on <laughs> full time and do music. So I had to quickly change my anchor and basically realize that there are no limits to what you can do and make um, or create in the music industry and that basically the only thing you're entitled to within this industry is, like, a lot of work and putting in the Mm. work and time. So, to me, basically, I've had to rearrange anchors, and I see it all over town with people, like, who think music should cost a certain amount of money or that if they build... X, Y, and Z studio that people will just show up or if they work with Mm. a certain artist that their career will be made or that if they just move to Nashville that they should just immediately have clients and never have to work, you know, a a quote-unquote real job again. And all of that is based around kind of anchors and entitlement. And until you accept the fact that life is basically hard and that we're here to work and that's good and that's part of how you become I think like a whole human and figure out how to enjoy life and the process of it and creating until you accept that um, the music industry and life will be very difficult for you Um, and I've just seen people struggle and fight this over and over again where they've They work really hard, or they think they're working really hard, and yet they still haven't had their number one hit, or they still don't have their studio, and they kind of just create this pity party within themselves, and it's almost like people I see, they walk around as if someone put this burden on them that they have to do music. And I think it's a really interesting thing because no one's forcing you to do any of this. You know, mm-hmm. everybody to me that moves to Nashville who wants to do music is not being forced. They've chosen to come here and take this path. And I just see so many people whining and moaning online and in town about, oh, half, I, I'm doing music and it's so hard and you know, we kind of have this culture that thinks that just because we have a desire or dream to do something that it should just be given to us. Hmm. And I've just found that to be so far from the truth. So those are kind of my initial thoughts on entitlement anchors and what I've seen. What do you think, Matt?
0: Yeah, I love it. And I think in general, touching on what you were saying about work, I think work is an absolute blessing. Yes. And I think it's a blessing when—I think it's a blessing that's disguised as a burden. Yes, that's good. If you—and it's like you have to essentially remove that lens. Yeah. If work to you is a burden, there's a very good chance that um, you're not following a specific passion. Yes. When I master each day, they are the quickest moving hours of my day. <laughs> yes. And it can be something as, <clears throat> excuse me, as trivial as making a DDP yeah. or doing revisions or whatever. Like something that like kind of like involved criticism. Like e- even that is a very quick moving part of my day where um, my regular nine to five job, which I do enjoy. Um, it, it's another entrepreneurial venture, um, but it's like the mastering part of my day is really where my heart lies Mm -hmm. and it is the quickest moving part of my day. So chances are if you are feeling burdened by work, um, you're not doing something that you truly enjoy because I, at least I believe that work in and of itself is a blessing. Yeah. Um, I also really don't understand negativity a lot. Yeah. Um, it's like someone going around and complaining about having to do something. It's like, well, why the hell are you doing it in the first place? Right. It's like there, there. It's like you have one freaking life to live. Right. It's like if you're not doing something that you enjoy, at least to some degree, and even if you're working for yourself, you might only, you might only really enjoy fifty percent of it. Right. It's like no one enjoys freaking invoicing. Who, enjoy, who enjoys billing people? And I enjoy the results of billing people. Oh, <laughs> right. But. It's like, I don't enjoy making a DDP, but it's still like, I love the process of listening to music that no one else, and like building an album that no one else has heard yet. And it's just me. And like, not even the artist knows how this will sound. They have an idea, but they don't. Right. And to me, that's kind of exciting, that exclusivity of it, and that I get to build something new. Yeah. I put this, I I was handed all these puzzle pieces, we made it into a complete picture, how are we going to package it? Yeah, and I mean that to me is exciting, and I it I is. really love that part. Yeah, it's super um, cool. But I don't understand negativity. Yeah, that is that to me still gets me. Just it's not going to get you anywhere. Yeah, and I think that's kind of where entitlement comes, like like there there has to be some negative connotation. Uh, lingering in right. order to have entitlement. Like, why do you feel entitled to this? You grew up with it, and now it's not provided anymore, or something <laughs> like that. And the in the in our nine to five job, I uh, we just hired a, a good friend of mine who, ironically, is a fantastic audio engineer as well. Mm. So it'll be a nice bridge. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> whenever a piece of mine goes down and. <laughs> we kind of plot mystery boxes that we want to build and stuff like that. Um, But uh, he just moved out of his parents' house, and his first night up here, he told me that he gave his mom a call and said, Mom, thank you for buying toilet paper for the past (laughs) X number of years. Like, I did not understand how how (laughs) something as simple as toilet paper is. So, and it's like that right there is a complete lack of entitlement, right, and it's like having the humility to tell someone thank you for who's been providing for you for the past however many years, yeah, that you are grateful for that provision, so yeah, um, also touching on the whole thing with uh you said people moving to town and everything, and they're building a studio, and it's like. I like you said, Sam. It's the the whole field of dreams mentality. If right. you build it, they will come. It's like if you don't do, if you don't do your adequate market research, and if you don't do um, appropriate marketing, and if you don't do you can have the best looking studio in the world, but if you don't follow basic marketing marketing principles, or if you just turn out a shit product, right. it's like. There's. it's like, oh, I've been doing this for three, four, five years. It's like, well, maybe it's not good yet. Right. And maybe you do still need to do some stuff for less money. Right. And it's like you might not be entitled to that higher rate because you don't turn out stuff that's that good yet. Right. So who cares? Exactly. Keep doing stuff and keep learning and keep digging in and keep, like, bugging the piss out of people and being like, hey, what do you do for this? Or how do you get your kick sounding like this? It's like... Keep asking. There's nothing wrong with that. Yep. And as Sam has said in previous episodes, it's you said for every 20 people you go to, you might get one yes, which right. for those of you playing the mm-hmm. home game, that's a 5% conversion rate.
1: Right.
0: So... It's like, you're going to have a bunch of no's until you get that. But just because you build it does not mean they will come. And just because they come does not mean that they will like it. Um, <laughs> exactly. And you're not entitled to them liking what you do. And it doesn't um, mean they're going to stay with you either. It does not. Um, a good friend of mine, uh, he was actually in my, and my wife's wedding. Uh, he produced an album for a, a Christian band. and It was arguably one of the best albums that that band had while they were... Um, together yeah um it's the whole flaw of the digital revolution is that it was such a good sounding album they never toured it because they couldn't play it Hmm. they couldn't play the parts that they (laughs) spent the, the past however long recording yeah uh the irony of it and they wondered why he uh he wondered why they went to a new um a new producer, and it's like I don't know it. It could it could be vibe, it could just be who they're talking to in town, or yeah. it could very well be they just wanted to make an album they could play. Yeah, um, who knows? So you're you're not even entitled to your work coming back to you, right? Um, this episode will probably air around the same time as our marketing thing and our marketing episode, and if it airs before the marketing episode, which I can't remember. Uh, we talk about something called KPIs, yep. uh, key performance indicators, and for me, the number one key performance indicator is not only clients, but it's return clients. Yeah, and if your clients are returning, then that is a very good key performance indicator that your marketing, that who you are, and who uh, and the product you are able to turn out is um, on par or. Uh, I don't know. Golf's kind of a weird game. Would it be below par?
1: (laughs) Well, below par is good, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, so you're shooting for below par here. (laughs) Not above par. I mean, shooting par is also good, but... Shooting
0: par is pretty good. Below par is professional. (laughs) There you you go. So, yeah, if you build it, they will not always come. Yeah. Um, So don't whine about it. Right. Um, If people have criticism... Listen to our criticism episode and listen how to like figure that junk out. I mean it's a it's an interesting world, but you are you are not even entitled to the dirt that you're gonna be buried in. Right. It's like you you have to work for it and you have to find why it's a blessing. And I don't
1: know. No, I think I mean, I think that's it. I mean, you can't talk about too like entitlement without talking about being grateful. And like being grateful for work in general, most people are not unless it's work that someone that they can use to then I'll say humbly passive brag about it um, online (laughs) is kind of like what to me social media has become. And it's, you know, I struggle with it too of like you want to market stuff, but you don't want to also come off as like. A bragger, hopefully, and I think there's a there's a way to, you know, promote things without it sounding like you're a, um, you know, a dick is really the word I want to use. Um, <laughs> Explicit so, episode, yeah, that's the word I want to use. That's the correct term. Um, but yeah, I think you know, I want to circle back to like the negativity thing real quick because I feel like I understand negativity. Because I used to be a negative person. Um hmm. and You are I, not a
0: negative person
1: now. Oh, I know. I'm not I'm, the only reason I am the way I am is because I spent so many years uh kind of as a negative scarcity, uh the world's ending, everybody's out to get me kind of view for most of my life. And about eight years ago, I realized that just doesn't seem to work, nor does it seem to be true. Um I was watching people enjoy their lives and, and have abundance, and I thought, well, if they can do that, what can I do? Or, like, what's in store for me? Mm-hmm. So it's been, I mean, for me, I, that's why I tell people. It's like, man, if you would have known me 10 years ago, I was a nice person, but I my, my personal view, my mind was always on edge and on alarm um, to negativity. Mm-hmm. And for me, negativity like, was always directly connected to me not facing the reality or my frustrations. So, like, Mm. when I first started doing music stuff, I was pessimistic and negative, like a lot of people are. I mean, just go on, like, Gear Sluts or Facebook and you can read pages of people who are jaded and, and think the industry sucks and there's no money in it and everybody's bad. And if we could just go back to the good old days, whatever that is, like, to tape or something. Yeah, but they were good
0: old days back in the good old days. Right,
1: right. It's the, uh, you know, always wishing to be... It's always wishing to be in a different time period. Um, Which, side note, uh, Midnight in Paris, Owen Wilson. I don't know if you've ever seen that movie, but that's all about that idea of going back to a golden age um hmm. and each age he goes to he meets people who just want to go back further and further in time <laughs> and the movie to me is one of little Wes favorite. Anderson movie uh, I think it might be actually
0: because like him Bill Murray Wes Anderson they're like I don't always know in it this is, like though. thing
1: but it's such a good film and I saw it like 10 years ago when I was negative, and I was like, this movie sucks. What's it called? It's called uh, Midnight in Paris. It even has a Wes Anderson name. Yeah. But I watched it, I mean, I've watched it a lot, and I watched it again recently, like two months ago, and I was just like, wow, this is an incredible film. So, side note, if you're out there, watch Midnight in Paris. But I want to, basically, to get back on track here, You know, negativity to me is not facing reality. When I first started, I was negative because essentially I was embarrassed about where I was at, you know, with my lack of career. (laughs) It wasn't even a career. Mm -hmm. And I think the negativity, it's just easier to find negative people. Like I was saying earlier, like I run into groups of people who all hang out together, who are all essentially burdened by this music, you know, burden that was put on them at some point and the mm. fact that they have to pay money for studio time or that they would have to promote their own music more than one day off after release day like it's it's just one of those things where like for me the negativity was always like I'm not I hadn't faced reality which is you're entitled to working really hard and that's it <laughs> you know mm. like we've talked about yeah. and until I made that switch of like all right, if I want to do this, I have to put in the work. I have to show up every day and I Mm -hmm. have to like, I mean, planting seeds has become, it's not my analogy at all, but it's been so, um, it's been so important to me because I've been doing this now for like eight-ish years, plus years, and I'm starting to see a lot of the seeds grow into these beautiful relationships that, are now, like, clients, and I've grown with people that I knew eight years ago. And even this past week, I had a song that I wrote, one of my first tracks I ever made back in Chicago, like, eight years ago. Literally, it got, like, a placement this past week.
0: Wow. And, like,
1: that's eight years of it sitting, and I've been pushing it in a catalog for eight years, mm. and it found its way to, like, a new show on Fox. It's, like, a pretty big placement. And... That is just like a testimony to like, if you want to make it in this industry, like just keep showing up, just keep putting in the work and know that you're entitled to working really hard and that's it. And anything beyond that, if you think you deserve a record deal or a studio or that you should have uh, PMC speakers or a manly limiter just because you decided to be a master engineer, you don't deserve any of that. And until you accept that, it's going to be a hard uphill battle every day and you're just going to get exhausted and you're going to quit in like three years, which I've watched mm. people do here. I've watched people move to town, spend like six months to a year and then be like, huh, this is hard. I'm, this, the industry sucks. There's no music to be made here. And I'm like, what are you talking about? There's a studio every other block. Like, Someone's making music. And that's so, on a
0: bad side of town.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's all about perspective and mindset. And I wish someone 10 years ago would have told me like, hey, guess what? You're not entitled to anything. And doing music is going to be really hard. And you have to show up every day. And you may have to work a 9 to 5 and then work music on top of that for five, mm-hmm. six, seven, eight, nine, ten, twenty 10, 20 years. But if this is really what you want to do, and it's kind of like you were talking about earlier to me, like the blessing, like if music's really what you want to do, you'll figure it out. And that's kind of like, I've had these moments where I'll go to my wife and be like, oh, I just wish I could like go work at Family Video, which like shout out to Family Video, if anyone knows what that is. (laughs) Movie stores like Blockbuster or something. But There have been plenty,
0: rewind.
1: Yeah, exactly. There's been plenty of days where I thought, man, it would be really nice to just show up and like restock a movie shelf and then check out at 5 p.m. and come home. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's whenever I hit that moment, it's usually because I'm just tired or I'm frustrated with a situation that I got myself into Mm -hmm. (laughs) and I gave away power, um, which I don't do really any of that anymore. But I remember when I started, it was just, you know, I didn't realize, A, I didn't have a long-term vision, and I thought I was entitled to a career, like, instantly if I would just show up, you know? So mm. I get the negativity thing, and I and I think if, you know, if people out there struggle with negativity, like the way for me that I got past it was like facing my reality and looking at my negativity and being like, you know what? I'm negative because I feel like I'm not good enough, or I feel like I don't have the right gear, or I feel like I don't have the right clients. And none of that really matters. Like no one, you're not that important where people are just like sitting at home thinking about what you don't have, (laughs) you know, like Mm -hmm. no one's like, checking out your website and being like, oh, they don't have this client or this piece of gear, so they suck. Like no one <laughs> no one there maybe there's like two people on earth who do that. But I just feel like, you know, as soon as you can get rid of this entitlement idea or that, you know, if you if you buy certain gear, or if you could just work with a certain client or do a label work, that everything would be taken care of and good. If you can just erase that and switch it to figuring out how to enjoy the actual work and enjoying creating with people mm-hmm. and viewing that as, you know, as the reward as opposed to fame and money, um, you just find so much more fulfillment in that. And the entitlement kind of just goes away because you're focused on something else and then maybe 10 years down the road like me, you look back and go like, oh, wow. I used to be really entitled and now I've, you know, I'm a changed person, which is great. I'm glad I I no longer think that way because it's, it's just not a, a healthy way to run a business and your clients pick up on it too, I think. And, you know, that becomes a toxic thing too. It just doesn't create returnee clients if they feel like you're just working with them for money. So that's... That's kind of my view on the negativity thing. I just wanted to touch on that for the last 10 minutes.
0: (laughs) In case anyone has been on the edge of their seat waiting to know who did direct Midnight in Paris, it was Woody Allen. (laughs) There it is, Woody Allen. (laughs) Not Wes Anderson. Um, No, I, I completely agree with you. And there is a mastering engineer who I did a preliminary interview with that Sam and I are going to interview later on, um, who is a fantastic, like, absolutely fantastic person. Him and I were FaceTiming a couple weeks ago, and uh, I was like, man, you got a freaking massive studio. And he's like, yeah, it's about however many meters. And then I was like, <laughs> calculus, like, that's like 27 feet long. He's like, that thing is freaking massive. <laughs> and I was like, that's like, I don't know a lot of people who have studio like, People who are really successful have studios that man. Like, where do you find that building? Yeah, and we and I was just like kind of dumbfounded about the size of it. He's like, dude, don't even like get hung about hung up about stupid shit like this. <laughs> and I think that was the actual vernacular. Yeah, he's like, I he's like, and I, I was talking about how like I started my studio and how I was kind of piss moaning and groaning about oh i gotta do it in this office and it's not really the right size or dimensions but it's like but i'm turning out pretty solid sounding stuff out yeah. of here not to pat my own back and <laughs> it's like i like it other people like it it translates well who cares what other people say right if you don't like it there's more people in town but he was like dude don't even worry about it he's like i started in a uh like a storage unit
1: yeah and i
0: was like it's like and you you're like here now, and he's like, yeah. He's like, don't even don't even worry about it. He's like, just keep your head down, just keep working. There's plenty of work out there for everybody, and that's the message that we need to get out. Yeah. And you're, there is work. Stay humble. Stay in the game. And y'all, y'all y'all are gonna y'all are gonna like when he comes on. Yeah, it's cool. I'm excited. He's a really positive guy, and chances are you are by this me just saying this, you might already know who he is, but. <laughs> <laughs> it's cool and I had to share that. Yep. Um So yeah, do you want to you want to talk about people who feel entitled to a professional product but they don't expect to pay the price for a professional product?
1: Yes, we can talk That's about that. A lot that. of peas. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'll try to unpack this and make sense of it. But basically people have created, and this goes back to anchors, what they think things should cost. And I run into this every day when people fill out my quote form of like they give me their budget and sometimes the budget doesn't fit into my rate or close to the rate um, to make it work. And I tell them, hey, I can't do the project uh, unless you have this amount of money because that's what I charge. And... Pretty much, well, not every time. A lot of the time people will will say okay and they'll end up paying my rate. But the people that don't often will tell me kind of why they can't afford me or what they think they should charge or they'll say like so-and-so charges mm-hmm. this, uh, you know, and could you match that or I'm shopping around. And essentially... <clears throat> none of that like I mean it kind of matters but at the end of the day if you want like a professional product if you're really serious about music and you're an artist and essentially your competition is the top 40 charts like that's your competition if you're trying to be a big time artist then it costs money and I'm not sure when this happened other than maybe with like digital and people working more out of like home studio type stuff, you know, things became cheaper and more affordable and we've even seen it, you know, we see it trickle down into plugins and software and now streaming and music's not, you know, valued. I still think it's valued. It's valued very differently now. Um, I do think there's some issues with the way people consume music and how they value it. But what I'm basically trying to say is that if you want a professional product, it costs a pro rate. And that's something you just have to get over. And usually, once someone works with a professional who charges a pro rate, they understand very quickly why those people charge what they do, because the product they get back normally is really great, hopefully. Mm -hmm. And there's always these stories of people are like, I spent $50,000 with this producer and he sucked and like my album's terrible you can find like 10 of those on gear Sluts. Mm -hmm. but overall like that doesn't happen that often Um, especially if you're going with somebody who charges a lot of money usually has the credits to back it up like you can Mm -hmm. just go on the website or discography and go oh I like that music and they did that so they could probably do something similar um but yeah, it just costs money. Like, I wish we could change like, the music culture to basically understand that if we all charged more money and all asked for a pro rate and essentially if we all valued our worth and what we offered, everybody would make more money. Music would cost more money to make. Therefore, we could sell it for more money and the consumer would have to value art again and see that it has a monetary value. And I think that, you know, that starts with artists and people understanding that if you want something professional, you should expect to pay a professional price. Um, And I think, you know, that until you're able to accept that and not resist it, you're going to have a hard time getting a product you want Mm. and that doesn't mean you have to spend fifty thousand dollars on an album but i think if you look at like the music that really is successful and that sounds great and people enjoy it's usually music that has cost a good amount of money it's cost an investment of some sort Mm. and there's always going to be those bedroom artists that you know, kind of come out of nowhere right now and land on like playlists and have a good run. But I mean, pretty much most of the top 40 stuff, you know, it it took an army to make that and it took probably millions and millions of dollars (laughs) to make those albums. Um, And that's just what it costs. And that's okay because the return on it is insane. So that's Mm -hmm. why you invest. So unless, you know, I always tell people, I'm like, if you're not willing to invest $10,000 into your album, why would a label ever give you ten thousand dollars? you know? yeah, you know, labels when they sign you? It's so interesting. It's like you know, you sign a deal. It could be anywhere from like fifty to a hundred to five hundred thousand to a million dollars. I mean, depending on how popular you are. So if you're not willing to put in the money into yourself, why would you expect any sort of manager, artist, PR, company or label to ever want to put in money to you or give you money? if you don't even believe in your own product. So Mm -hmm. that's a hard thing to learn for people because once again, this goes back to the entitlement thing of like, you may have to save for five years before you can make an album. You know, you don't, you're not entitled to just doing a Kickstarter or GoFundMe and have everybody else pay for your album with you not doing anything, you know? And that, As much as I love fundraisers, I think that sort of thing has really made a lot of artists and creative people lazy because Mm, they make a one minute video and they put it online and then they just ask people for money, you know, and they haven't had to do anything yet, you know, and then hopefully they use that money to make an album and then, you know, the people get, get the product in return. But when that started happening, I saw a direct connection with... Like artists that would come to me who had Kickstarters and they'd be like, I got 30 grand from like, you know, 15,000 of it's from Grandma George and then like the other 15,000's from like, you know, neighborhood friends and family. And then my parents gave me $5,000 so I have to play an acoustic show in their backyard now. And, you know, it's like all this weird money that they didn't have to do anything for. They make an album. It sounds good. The songs are fine. And then they fall off the face of the earth because they don't know anything about work or (laughs) touring or that. Once again, just because you build it or you make an album doesn't mean anyone's going to care or listen to it. And I've worked with so many fundraiser, I'll say fundraiser artists, I guess, maybe that could be a term, that literally make the album and it just completely flops. And like one week later, they're like, oh, I'm not famous. All right, I'm done with music. And it's like, you just took like $30,000 from someone, from people. Yeah. And like you gave yeah. them the, the product in return. So I guess that's fair, but it's like, you know, if you look at how many hundreds of thousands of projects are on those fundraiser, pro- you know, fundraiser pages, there's a direct correlation to like, Art is now being devalued because people don't have to work for it and they think they're entitled to people just giving them money to create things without Mm -hmm. having to do the work. So that to me is like you're not entitled to fundraiser money. You're not entitled to anything once again. you know, If anything, you should not do a fundraiser, work for a couple years, save up your own money to learn what that feels like, and then when you spend it, like it means so much more to you and you have that, I'll call it being an adult feeling of like, I pay my own bills. I do my own thing. Like this is costing me something. So I value it that much more as opposed to like your grandma funding your musical dreams. And I'm not saying there's also like this, the pushbacks, like there's no, there's no shame in like family or friends or investors wanting to help you. Like I've had Mm. people help me out all throughout the years, but there, it becomes an issue when you just continually pump people for money and you don't put in any work, you know. And I've just seen that over and over again with people I work with throughout the years. So, yeah.
0: I'd say I'd say with like Kickstarter and all that, um, I'm not 100% against it.
1: Yeah, I'm not um, either at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: And but where, where I wanted to go with that is <clears throat> while I'm not against it. I won't fund something for the sake of funding something. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to sound like a douche for saying this. I kind of view money, like, as a tool. Yeah. And I more want to fund somebody who I know has a good work ethic. Right. And I don't even give a shit if you make an album. I just, <laughs> like, like I want to see someone who is creative and someone who has work ethic. Yeah. And that's really all I care about. Um, and... I know eventually something will come of that. Yeah. Whether it's music, whether it's whatever, I just, it's, I don't know. I might be curious. I might just want to be helping friends. I might want to be returning a favor, whatever. But if you have a really good work ethic, regardless of whether you think you do or not, um, people can see things in you that you might not, like, see in yourself. Right. But if people see a good work ethic and if they see something that's creative, it's like, that might be something worth funding.
1: Yeah.
0: As opposed to like a one-time hit or something. It's like, And it's like the work ethic also goes hand-in-hand hand with dedication. Right, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm completely on board with what you're saying in yeah. terms of it's like you really need to work for it and you can't just be handed stuff and you can't just right. be going around with your handout being like, well, this worked for the last one. So no, I I completely agree with you. Yeah, one hundred percent.
1: Yeah, and I I mean I just want to make sure like people understand too. There's no there is no shame in doing those fundraising things. And when I was a band, I did one, and I just think you know you always have to examine yourself of like long term is this the best option? You know, mm-hmm. should I be handed everything, or would it be better for me to work and understand the value of working and and I guess the investment and sacrifice. There's just so much value. As someone who, like, did the fundraiser thing and had a bunch of money handed to them and made an album and, like, didn't do much, Mm -hmm. (laughs) got, like, a little popularity and then dissolved, like, it just, when that ended, it was like, oh, I really didn't learn anything other than, like, (laughs) it takes a lot of money to make something, (laughs) and good Lord, if I'm doing this again, I need to have a different job. (laughs) (laughs) to pay for this (laughs) so yeah yeah, there's nothing wrong with people giving you money or wanting to help you out i'm a big believer in accepting gifts um i just always want to encourage people to figure out like doing a fundraiser shouldn't be your first thought you know and that's what i think most bands are like oh we'll just do a kickstarter and then that'll pay for everything and it's like i i mean you could do that but you could also, what are you learning besides yeah. it
0: learning how to beg?
1: Yeah, so
0: I just want to put that out there. I don't know. I just don't understand why it's like if you want something, why you can't work for it? That's just. I agree. But it, it's like I I understand I understand why stuff like Kickstarter and whatnot, not that what like <laughs> it's not like I said whatnot was a thing. Whatnot.com. dot com. Um, <laughs> yeah, whatnot dot com. Um, like Kickstarter, Indiegogo, et cetera. I know why they are there and the value that they add. Right. But if you start a band and you're like, well, we want to do an album. We don't have an album. Let's go on Kickstarter. It's like, no, you should probably play shows. <laughs> because what happens when you play shows? You get money. It right. also happens? You get better. Exactly. And it's like nothing's more aggravating than listening to you trying to figure out your guitar part you didn't practice. Right. And like while you're paying for time. Yep. So... It's like there's so many ways to make money. Right. Besides begging. Exactly. So I don't know. (laughs) I think I think think we kind of exhausted that.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I wanna move that horse. I wanna move on to kind of the last point, potentially last point. I don't wanna say it's last. I have a last last point. A last last point. Let me let me do this my last point.
0: You do your last
1: point. <laughs> and I'll then do, you my do my your last, last point. point. Okay. Uh, I just want to address quickly, if I can do it quickly, uh, this idea that uh, doing things on the cheap, you know, we're talking about paying for a pro. If you want a pro product, you have to pay for like a pro rate. And there's just been a rise over the years of, I'll say, entrepreneur Or YouTube personalities that essentially tell you that you can make a living and cut an album for like $300 of gear. And I just feel like it's setting people up to feel like they're entitled once again to like career success by doing things really cheaply. And, or just, like watching a 10 minute youtube video on how to master a song and then you think oh i can master now because all i have to do is boost 12k and take off 3db hmm. and then use you know the fab filter <laughs> or something like i i feel like i see it more and more now i'm starting what's interesting is i'm starting to see the negative of all the information that's floating around the internet over the last three, four years. And especially the last couple of years, there's been such a rise of uh, guys that essentially create courses, eBooks, subscription-based things where they promise you, well, they don't promise you, but they basically say like, I've cracked the code. I made X amount of money for a year. So now I'm an expert on music industry. (laughs) And like,
0: when they're currently
1: making their money
0: off selling their
1: book. Yes, exactly. Their
0: ebook. And, and it's like they're not even doing that thing in that studio for that amount of money. Right. They're, exactly. They're making their money off of you buying their book. Yeah.
1: And I think it's creating this culture once again. It's creating these people who feel entitled to a career once again because they are following this ebook or this 10 step plan to running a home studio or. Following some random, like, here's how to mix EDM, like, you know, Dead Mouse or something. Like, <laughs> it's all these random programs popping up that are usually like really good businessmen. And like, obviously, the people that are doing these usually have great entrepreneur skills. And, but it just, it's setting people up to not have a lot of longevity, usually. And it's making them feel entitled to being able to make great records without really putting in a lot of work or having to learn or spend money on it. And I'm starting to see people that have done these programs now are coming back to these program sites or Facebooks. I'm just starting to see it where people are like, Hey, this is like, it's not all bad, but like, this doesn't really help you. (laughs) You know, like all these guys are doing is just selling you know regurgitated information and it's like you're saying like just because you know they're making a living off selling ebooks and courses and subscription plans and they're not actually making albums anymore or they maybe made five albums and one of them did well and now they're claiming to have all the answers and it's just putting it's making people feel like if they do these courses then they also can make X amount of money and have a gold record within a year when in reality you've got some people that are basically one hit wonders but it's one hit wonders with studios <laughs> and like
0: or maybe they're not a one hit wonder maybe yeah. they're
1: one hit wonders of their course exactly and there's multiple things of that it drives me insane I get freaking that's Facebook not me ads. trying to be negative that's no. just that's just a little truth bomb
0: yeah. you want another truth bomb if you want to see behind the curtain do you know the point of ebooks and this is me saying this from a I'm in another company that we talk about this in our marketing meetings about why people do ebooks and should we do an ebook? And my answer is no, because I think ebooks are stupid <laughs> and they're overused and they're like an early 2000 teen type thing. Yeah. The reason people, like, if you want to see behind the curtain of marketing, do you know what all of those ebooks are? It's just a very cheap, inexpensive, no investment on their part besides time and typing in a word document right They're, the only benefit to them of giving you a free ebook is you sign up to be on their email list to be marketed more right that th- it is a trade that is the only thing is you sign up your email, they market you more, and you get an ebook full of regurgitated information you could right. get anywhere else right so There's no reason to fall for that. There's no reason to fall for courses or anything else. And, I mean, Sam, we're not going to do a course in the future, are we? I'm not shooting ourselves in the foot. No, um,
1: I don't plan on it. The only thing... If so,
0: we'll pull this episode.
1: (laughs) Right. We're going to pull it. I'll edit it and be like, Uh, e-courses are the best.
0: There you go. (laughs) Future episode. So, yeah, if you want to look behind the curtain about what's going on, it's just a trade. Right. There is no reason to be doing all this stuff. And it's like, don't get me wrong, someone could be putting something in an ebook that could be absolutely revolutionary and life-changing, or right. it could be information that has been bombarding you your whole life. However, it is just rearranged and put into a specific format that you can ease more easily digest than you could before, and maybe it right. will help you. Yep. Um, but in all honesty, it's really just a way for them to kind of... <laughs> I was gonna say it's a way for them to get in your pants and essentially keep
1: marketing to you. Right. It's like there there's there's no reason for it. Yeah. So And you know, there's there's plenty of stuff to learn. Like it's not all bad once again. Like there's people at different levels who, you know, may find the information valuable. But I've just seen these programs now become like people's standards or ceiling of success. And it makes them feel entitled to that if I just do this. 12-week course on how to start my studio that in 12 weeks I'm going to make more money than I ever had and then when they don't do that they're like what the heck I must be flawed when in reality it's like no this just takes a lot longer time usually for 99% of the people Um, and usually with most I'll say these people because I've talked to a lot of them who run these things it's like if you get to know them, you learn there's about a thousand things that were in place that they never told you about, that gave them their "quote unquote" success, and those are the things they're actually embarrassed to share because it would make their story seem less uh, glamorous. And that yeah. you know that stuff just <clears throat> drives me nuts. Like part of the reason why we do this podcast and why I blog and stuff is like we want to demystify all of that bullcrap that's in this industry of like, yeah, I'm just that good. And I just make hit records and, and look at me. It's like, no, there's a million things that led up to that album. And, you know, maybe you caught a lucky break and maybe that album actually doesn't sound that good. And it did well anyway. Like there's always circumstances. Like I tell people, you know, I try to be as transparent as possible. Like, a lot of my work has come from my wife who nannies for like really cool families that work Hmm. in the music industry. Like that's part of my story, you know, is like my cool story. Yeah. And I don't, I don't have shame for that. You know, it's, that's just how life works. Like you never know what's going to happen. And, you know, I just, I hate watching people essentially feel like if they do these things, then they're entitled to something. And then when it doesn't happen, they're disappointed and they feel like they're starting over and they just spent X amount of money in years or a year or six months or three months doing this program, thinking this will solve my issue, which is really goes back to like crushing the negativity and entitlement mindset, Mm
0: -hmm. which is
1: guess what reality is you have to work and put in probably five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, twenty 10, 20 years. And I love what you said on another episode about like a career is only a career once you're essentially like done, you know, like yeah. you can't be three years in and be like, yeah, I've got a, I had a great career in music because you're like three years in, but if you're like 50 years and on your deathbed, then you can finally be like deemed someone who had a career, you know, in music. Yeah. Um, and I love that thought because it's it's true. And it just reminds me too of like every day you have to show up and work. And if you want to do pro things, you know, professional things or what we've considered professional in this world, like it takes professional effort, professional resources, skill level, and, um, you have to do that, you know? And if you're not willing to do that, then you're probably not going to make it, and you'll probably be very unsatisfied with life the whole time. Mm -hmm. Um, And I know plenty of guys in town who are just been here for 20 years, 10, 15, 20 years, who are just so uh, frustrated with their life because they've never really done it. They've made some money, but they're still, like, looking for that. Breakthrough, and really, that breakthrough is like, you know what? you just need to step it up, like you never stepped it up. You were only halfway in or seventy five percent committed, and until you realize you have to be like a hundred percent in and like give your clients everything and do the work, you're probably never going to get to that next level, and that's just the reality of of kind of life, not just the music industry, so yeah. That was my last point. I'm done. <laughs> well, cool. I have a last, last thing.
0: Right. I want to It's hear more of an last, ask, last and it's about how I screwed up. <laughs> so I forgot to save my part of the first time we recorded this episode. That's right. We're recording this episode for a second time, number two. If and Sam is very gracious and patient. Oh, thank um, you, man. Sam is not entitled. <laughs> he does not feel entitled to a fi- finished project. No. So we were going through to review. I'd be like, crap, where's episode 21? I have 22, but I don't know where 21 is. Vanished. Vanished. So, yeah. Uh, if anyone has a good way to back up files, let me know. <laughs> <laughs> a good place
1: where I should put stuff. You should put them on so, hard drives and clouds. Up in the clouds. Yeah.
0: I haven't seen my hard drive in a while. I need, to, <laughs> I need to go find that. Normally normally it's all Dropbox. Yeah. But but we'll see. So if anyone has any suggestions, feel free to write in. We're also, in. I said I would give a shout out for this. Someone on Facebook uh, on the Mastering Engineers Worldwide yes. posted. Would love to hear favorite mastering audio podcasts. Yes. And he listens to a couple others and some other people. We're giving their recommendations, and uh some people recommended us, and incredible I want you to know that we are incredibly thankful absolutely um for like everybody who tunes into this episode, and i 'll stop saying like the individual countries and how many like listens each country has, but uh, <laughs> just want to give a shout out to. Uh, people who on this forum are like, yo, you should listen to this show. It's awesome. So, Will Borza, thank you. Yes. I think I'm pronouncing your last name right. Uh, Mark Midgley. Midley? Midley? Thank you. Justin Perkins, thank you. And I'm going to butcher the hell out of this one. <laughs> Jacob von der Westernhosen? I, 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 I don't that's know. It's an incredible last name. It is. Uh, W-E-S-T-H-U-I-Z-E-N, if that's how you spell it, or if it's just a Facebook thing. I don't know. Regardless, thank you very much for yes, promoting our thing. We are not going to ever stop saying thank you to people who listen, or promo or write in. And yeah, thank you very much.
1: Yes. So, and with that, we never felt entitled to any of this. <laughs> look at that
0: full circle. <laughs> we right did for you. I
1: mean, when we started this podcast, we had no expectations or entitlement other than hoping to share and demystify you know what we've learned so far and I think you know it's just it's amazing when you approach work with the mindset like we've talked about is just approach your work with like being grateful and that work is a blessing and work is a time for you to grow and learn and expand and become essentially more more whole as a human I feel like yeah you know approach everything you do that way and just stop thinking about like money and stats and fame and and if it's popular or not because that literally it seems to always come and it's like people have said that for years like do what you love and keep doing it and then people will eventually find it and they'll love it too and it's just a matter of showing up day after day and putting in that work and and learning that putting in the work is what's great so i just want to say that like this episode is a testimony to not being entitled (laughs) because we did not plan to have, I never would imagine someone would have shouted out our show on a Facebook forum (laughs) saying, this is a great podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Never thought that would happen. Never. I mean, yeah. So it's just incredible. Thank you. Everyone who is listening, who messages us on Instagram or email or Facebook, we read it all, we respond to it all. We and, tried to, at least. Yeah, I'm, I think we're, we've done it all so far. <clears throat> if we've missed you, remind us, because we're forgetful. Just write back in. Yeah, we're forgetful people, so we all forget sometimes. I suck at email, but thank you for writing in. <laughs> so, yeah, it's just been, it's been so cool. So thank you, everybody, and, you know, we're here to build a, I guess, online community, but um, it's just been so great to see people... Find value in this, so thank you.
0: Yeah, no no kidding. Um I so yeah.
1: think that wraps entitlement. For the second time? For the second time. Hopefully there's not a third. Oh, uh, they're you know, better not. Unless be. like
0: people become more entitled and we need to touch on it again. Entitlement part three.
1: <laughs> the hammer. <laughs> That's what we'll call it. The hammer. The hammer. That's my ebook. Very cool. Ouch. Okay. That's all for today. That's it? Whatever you're having,
0: have a good one. Are you going to do this? (laughs) I did it. Morning, afternoon, evening, whatever y'all are having, have a darn good one. Thank you again so much for listening, for shouting out, for emailing in. Um, Keep it coming. If you have anything you would like to hear us talk about, Um, ironically... When people write in, nine times out of ten, we have that episode already recorded. Yes. And we can be like, yo, wait for like two more episodes to come out. <laughs> but if you have anything you want to hear or if we screwed something up, people write in and they're like, no, you got this wrong. And sometimes we're like, too bad. It's our opinion. <laughs> Another time, <laughs> other oh. times we're like, yeah, we should probably touch on that again. Or yep. maybe people don't listen to all the episodes straight through, so we'll repeat it's ourselves true. a little bit. It's true listen so, Listen to everything context is king that's it so we're not going anywhere anytime soon and thank you so much for tuning in and y'all have a great whatever you're having so see ya Sam what you got the music ready ready okay cue it please cueing thank y'all